Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm. All creation shakes. At the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender He can save you from the might of all your sin This is a fight in which He stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come Shelter from the coming storm While you have breath 
You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm Revelation, the 20th chapter. And when I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from among the things having been written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each one was judged according to their works. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone was not found having been written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Welcome, pilgrims. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. Yesterday, Tuesday, November 29, the United States Senate passed what they called the same-sex marriage bill. It was voted 61 to 36. Now, what they have done is illegal in the court of heaven. For God is the creator of marriage. And he said marriage was between a man and a woman. But our government thinks that it has become God and that it can pass laws in direct opposition to the word of the living God. Those who voted this way will stand before that great white throne judgment, and they will be judged according to their actions. What terrifies me is that they have opened the door for God to judge the entire nation of America. We have become Sodom and Gomorrah, 
And if he does not judge America, he's going to have to go back and apologize for burning Sodom and Gomorrah. This is just one of many things that we have done as a nation that have deeply grieved the heart of God, going against the word of God. I had entitled the broadcast for today, You Need Jesus Now. But I was awakened about 4 a.m. and began to pray. And the Lord said to me, No, the title for the broadcast today, You Must Leave Your Sin Now. You must leave your sin now. I want to read several scriptures and talk with you about them. The first is in Matthew, the 10th chapter. I'll begin on verse 34. Do not think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to divide a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a bride against her mother-in-law. And the enemies of man are of his own household. The one loving father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, And the one loving son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And the one who does not take his cross and continue following after me is not worthy of me. The one having found his life will lose it. And the one having lost his life for my sake will find it. Jesus did not come to bring peace upon the earth. He came to bring division between light and darkness. He came to bring division between bitter-hearted daughter-in-laws and mothers. He came to bring division with all of the twisted wickedness of our day and our culture and our government. Christians are to stand in direct opposition. It's not surprising to me that the Church of Latter-day Saints has gone totally in favor of homosexuality and this marriage bill. The churches of this day have denied Jesus Christ And they have made their own rules. And they govern themselves according to their pleasure. And according to what they see, they need to do to be acceptable to a wicked culture. Afraid to stand up and say, this is sin, stop. Says the one who does not take his cross and keep on following after me, 
is not worthy of me. We must leave all sin now. It doesn't matter if it's acceptable to the U.S. government or to our culture or to our church. All sin must go. And we must be made clean by the blood of Jesus. And we must be prepared to stand against the enemy of our day, the wickedness of the devil. Disney World had a group of children holding signs saying, Satan, we love you. How far Disney has fallen. It is as our culture is. We love the things that God hates and we hate the things that God loves. And now it is time for you if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, to seriously take up your cross and give up your life in the comfortable American culture and to stand as a total contrarian to it and say, I will serve Jesus Christ and him alone, and I will live by his rules as found in the Word of God, particularly in the Sermon on the Mount, particularly in the moral code of Moses. Now, are we under the law? No, we are not. We are under the power of the Holy Spirit. But he does that regenerative work in our hearts where he transforms us into his likeness. What stops that from happening is the great love we have for our wickedness and our sin and our freedom to do what we think we would like to do. I have another scripture that I want to share with you. It's along the same theme, and it's found in Matthew, the 16th chapter. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. This is after Peter has taken him aside and said, No, this shall never happen to you. You will not be crucified. And Jesus says to him, Satan, You're an offense. Get behind me. You have the things of man and not the things of God in your heart. Then follows hard after that saying, verse 24, Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wills to come after me, he must deny himself. He must say no to himself. and must take up his cross, and must follow me. When we speak about denying ourselves, we immediately run into our addictions. One of the great addictions of our day among both men and women is we want to be in control. And we have very strong opinions. 
and we follow those opinions and we walk out those opinions and we walk out our addictions. So some today are addicted to drugs, to alcohol, to sex. But some are addicted to YouTubes, TikToks. Some are addicted to their cell phone. Some are addicted to food. Some are addicted to pleasure. Some are addicted to their comfort. Addictions are on every side today where the lust of the flesh reaches out to grab what it wants, what it wants to eat, what it wants to say, where it wants to go. It's in charge. It's an addiction. One woman who for many years was a total drunkard. Finally, in Jesus, was washed and made clean. And she said to me, every addiction has a demonic element in it. Addiction by its very nature is demonic. So if you're addicted to your cell phone, there is something of darkness of the devil that is working in that cell phone. And you may say, oh, pastor, I'm not addicted to my cell phone. How many times a day do you look at it? How many times an hour do you look at it? How much time do you spend on it? What we value and what we worship, we spend time with. Some of you are addicted to your pet. <laughs> one, one woman was asked, if you have a divorce and your family breaks up, would you rather keep your dog or would you rather keep your husband? She said, oh, no question there. I'd rather keep my dog. Her dog was much more important to her than her husband was. That's not dissimilar. I get that response from many people. Their dog or their cat has the premier place in their hearts. They kiss their dogs. They, they hug their dogs. They treat their dogs with clothing and with toys and with the finest foods, the vet care. Their dog is everything to them. They're addicted to it. Others are addicted to sex. They want to go to bed at least once every day with their wives. They have sex every day. They're addicted. There's something evil in their heart. I ask one young woman, are you uh, a homosexual? Because she'd indicated that direction. She said, oh, no, I'm not homosexual. I just like flesh. doesn't matter whether it's a man, a woman, or an animal. I just want flesh. There's a demonic twistedness in her heart.
these addictions control. And Jesus is being very clear, if you want to come after him, you have to say no to the world, to the flesh, and to the devil. Now, the Christian church is going to be marked if it's a true Christian church, by a group of people who are willing to say no to every addiction. You cannot be a true follower of Jesus Christ and have him take second place or third or fourth or fifth place to your addictions, to your pleasures, to that which you love, which you fantasize about, which you engage in. It is by your actions that you will be judged at the end of time in this great white throne judgment. He says, you must take up your cross, deny yourself. You must say no and take up your cross and then follow Jesus. You cannot take up your cross and follow Jesus if you've not said no to those addictions that control your heart. You can't do it. Now, you can follow a church, you can follow a religion, but you can't follow Jesus Christ. For whoever may will to save his life will lose it, but whoever may lose his life for my sake will find it. What's it mean? It means if you want Jesus, you're going to have to give up your sacred opinions and fleshly desires. You're going to have to say no to you, to your laziness, to your self-centeredness to your accusations of others, to the bitterness that flows in your heart because you're angry with someone. Great sorrow to my heart when I see what some people text to other people with such twisting of the word of God and such accusations and such bitterness and such hardness of heart. Grieves me deeply. Because I know that person, even though calling themselves a Christian, is not a follower of Jesus Christ. They follow their own wicked opinions. And that's sin. You have to lose your life if you're going to follow Jesus. You have to lose your addictions if you are going to follow Jesus. The smoking, the drinking, the vaping, the the sexual immorality, the it all has to go. The selfishness, the self-centeredness, the harshness of words, the judgments of spirit, all of that has to go. But what does a man profit if he may gain the whole world and may suffer the loss of his soul. His soul is his personality. It's who he is. And you will lose that 
personality. You will lose that soul. You will become another person, a wicked, wicked person cast out into the fire at the end of time. You know, God is angry. I know you don't like to hear this, but God is angry at every sinner. If you're walking still in some addiction, God is angry with you. Oh, I know. I'm supposed to tell you, oh, God loves you. He understands. You can't help it. That's a lie. The blood of Jesus gives every man and every woman the power to say no to their addiction and to their sin. That's the truth. It's not a popular truth, but it's what the scriptures teach. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? What are you willing to give in exchange for your eternal life? Are you going to give the exorbitant love of animals or nature? The exorbitant love today is evidenced again in many millennials as they desire more and more to be in nature because they believe that nature is everything and they want to be out in the mountains and they want to be on the lakes and you know what, so do I, but my Jesus comes first. My worship of Jesus is first. Do I want to live in Washington, D.C.? No. If I had a a choice where I could live anywhere that would please my flesh, I would choose Wyoming. I like the wide open. I like the mountains. I like the natural beauty. I like the wildlife. But you know what? I had to die to all of that because God called me to Washington, D.C. Now, some of you, he may have called to Wyoming, and you're very blessed. But he called me to the city. I'm not a city boy. I'm a country boy. I was raised in the country, in the farm dirt, in the muddy rivers. I was raised hoeing corn, taking care of the tomatoes canning. I wasn't raised in the city. Why am I in the city? Because God sent me to this city to do this, to preach the gospel in Washington, to street preach, to preach in churches, to preach over the radio, to preach over the internet. He sent me here to call because the final hour is now upon us and we must, you must leave all of your sin now. The judgment of God is coming like a freight train. How will you stand in that judgment? What does it profit a man if he may gain the whole world and may suffer the loss of his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is destined to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to their activity. 
We're going to be judged by what we've done and what we've said. Not on what we say we believe. You say, oh, I believe in in imputed grace. I believe that I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Even though I'm walking in known sin and my addictions stare me in the face, I know I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. You've been entirely deceived. Romans, the sixth chapter. What shall we say? Continue in sin so that grace may become more and more? In the strongest terms possible, both Jesus and the Apostle Paul declare that we must die to our sin and live in Jesus Christ. The strongest possible condemnation. Shall we live in sin? Certainly not. We who died to sin, how shall we live in it anymore? We can't. And the great problem that's facing us is we're saying we need revival. The church needs revival. It's dying on the vine. The church in America is being destroyed by human secularism. By Moderna. The church in America is a shell of what it should be. It has totally compromised the gospel of Jesus Christ. I listened to two of my favorite, how shall I put it? Two of my favorite preachers who are Calvinists. I listened to two of them last night. If I named them, you would immediately know them. They preach about the wrath of God. But here's the problem. How do they say you should deal with the wrath of God? By confessing your sins, saying a sinner's prayer, asking Jesus to forgive you for your sin. And then you're saved that you can't stop sinning, you're still going to sin. They're wrong. They pull their punches. I can't pull the punch. You must leave your sin or you will find yourself on that last day being brought before the great white throne judgment and you will be cast into the fires of hell. That's How simple it is. Well, how do you leave your sin? All right, I'll read it for you. Romans 6. I'm going to begin at verse 3. Are you ignorant that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? This is not speaking of a water baptism. It's speaking about a baptism of the Holy Spirit that may accompany a water baptism. Really, we were buried together with him by means of the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised out from among the dead men by the glory of the Father, so also we may walk around in newness of life. That newness of life is something 
in the Greek that has never existed before. It's you become a brand new person and you have broken by the power of the blood of Jesus every addiction of your life. And you are now washed and made clean and you stand by faith in that washing by the blood of Jesus Christ. He says, for we have become united in the similarity of his death, then we shall also be united in the similarity of his resurrection. So there is a two-part process. There is the dying. That is, there is the saying no to every unclean thing. And anything that takes its place above Jesus in our hearts is an unclean thing. It may be fine in itself. Do I like animals? I love animals. I wish I had a dog, but my landlord says no. But would I worship that dog? No. No. I worship Jesus. We can make an idol out of anything or anybody. We can make an idol out of a husband or a wife. We can make an idol of our children. Things need to be in their proper place. Jesus is first and foremost. And anyone or anything that comes between us and Jesus must be disposed of or it becomes an idol to us. And it becomes an addiction to us. You may have done something for 10 years or longer. It's precious to you. It gives you a sense of, I'm important. I have standing. Look what I've done. And it becomes an idol to you. You need to give it up and cut it off and let it be in its proper place which is not in the place of Jesus. But Jesus holds first place. I say sometimes, I have no money. What do I mean when I say that? I mean my money belongs to Jesus, and the purpose of that money is to build his kingdom, not my kingdom. The money I have is not mine to be passed on to family and friends when I die. The money I have is to entirely be used for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, for the building of his kingdom, for the saving of souls. Is that your money? No, it's God's money. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, it's your money. Do whatever you want to do with it. But you will face the judgment bar, the great white throne judgment bar. Let me continue reading. For if we've been united in the similarity of his death, then we shall also be united in the similarity of his resurrection. There is first the death. And then there's a resurrection. 
Most Christians in America, so-called, have never experienced this death, and so they have never experienced the resurrection, and so they have never been born from above. They've gone through the motions, perhaps, but most who call themselves Christians in America have never been born from above. They do not have the ability to turn from their sin. They are swept away time after time after time by the wickedness of their own hearts because they refuse to die. They love their sin. Do you love your sin? We must die to all sin now. We must come to terms with what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, but pastor, I want to I want to get married, I want to have a house, I want to have a car, I want to have a wonderful family and a wonderful job and and I want to have friends and I want to be able to travel and I want to be able to take vacations and I want 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 Not if you're going to follow Jesus. It's that simple. You can't have this world and Jesus too. You must come out of this world and stand with Jesus. Now, does that mean you'll never take a vacation? No. Jesus took his disciples away so they could rest. Sometimes I have to go away so I can just rest, have time with my wife and have time to pray. Have time to just rest in him. You see, what I'm talking about today is not a legalistic list of do's and don'ts. I'm talking instead about your heart attitude. I'm talking about, is it wrong to have a a beautiful car? Of course not. Unless that beautiful car gives you a sense of, I'm important, I'm somebody. No, it's a utilitarian tool to be used to transport my body from point A to point B. It is to be used for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This afternoon, I'm I'm going up to Maryland to have a late lunch or an early dinner after the broadcast with my precious brother and his wife from Tennessee. He's my oldest brother. I haven't seen him for quite a while. I'm eager to have some time with him to just talk with him and and catch up and talk about Jesus. But I'm going with a clear understanding that Jesus is sending me, that it's an honor to be able to meet and talk with and encourage my oldest brother. He is a dedicated Christian man. He gives himself for the kingdom of God. It'll be a joyous time. He'll get to meet my wife, whom he's never met. We'll have time with with Roger and Peggy. I rejoice in that. 
I'm not saying you become antisocial. I'm saying that everything now is about Jesus and your heart given to Jesus, not given to your own pleasure, not seeking your own pleasure, not going your own way, not being filled with ego and pride and arrogance, but humbly going before God as a witness and a testimony that Jesus is Lord. Now, he continues. And this is significant. Knowing this, that our old man, the old man of sin, of addiction, of opinion, of arrogance, of of judgments. The old man, that is the old person, the man of sin, was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed that we are hereafter no longer serving sin. Now, Many of you have been taught in your church that you're always going to be sinning because the old man of sin is always going to be in you. But Paul says, no, the old man of sin is destroyed. The word in the Greek is to be utterly decimated, gone. It's no longer a part of your life. Now, does that mean you're not going to be tempted? Oh, no, we're going to be tempted until the day we meet Jesus. The devil is alive and well. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he he knows every weakness you have, and he will come and tempt you. But this old man means the temptations will not be coming from inside of you. They will be coming from outside of you. The one having died has been freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. In other words, my greatest desire is to live with Jesus. And I'm living today with Jesus. I'm living today with Jesus. The old man of sin has been destroyed in my heart. It no longer controls my thoughts or my actions. I belong to Jesus Christ. I have been resurrected in the power of Jesus. And I walk with him day by day. Do I make mistakes? Yes. (laughs) I'm still immature. I may be immature for the first million years in heaven. But I'll grow up. Immaturity is not a sin. Sin is deliberately rebelling against Jesus and getting what I want and not what he wants. Now, how does this happen? There's only one way that that old man of sin can be destroyed, and it's not through human will or human power. I want you to hear this. The old man of sin is not done away with 
by white-knuckling discipline. It is done away with in the same way your sins were forgiven. It is done by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is done on your knees as you pray and cry aloud. It is done on your face as you deal with the inside struggle of your heart that says, I don't want to die. I want my way. I want to be angry with this person. I want to be judgmental of that person. I believe I'm right. I believe I've been mistreated. I believe, I believe, I I want, I want. No, all of that has to be dealt with in the prayer closet. It is in the prayer closet in repentance before Almighty God, asking him to destroy that old nature in your heart that finally he will do that. He will not destroy that old man in your heart if you hang on to those sins, sexual sins, love of money, love of fighting. I meet some people who just naturally love to fight, and they've said to me, I love to fight, Pastor. Well, then fight the good fate of faith, the good fight of faith, and, and let yourself be crucified with Jesus. And then you'll be a different person. What I'm talking about will totally change your personality. Instead of being proud and arrogant and putting down other people, you'll become a Barnabas. You'll be encouraging and kind, compassionate the gifts or the gift of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That will be evident in your life. Your life will overflow with with giving and loving and caring, not with fighting, not with argumentation, not with bitterness. Once in a while, my wife and I receive some very bitter communications from people who really hate us and hate what we teach. And how should we respond? Should we respond back with, you're just a wretched old sinner? No. But with love and compassion, praying for our enemies, lifting up those who would try to harm us, We're not here to be somebody. We're here to worship Jesus and to lift up the wonderful name of Jesus. We're here to proclaim him King of kings and Lord of lords. We're here for Jesus Christ. Are you? Have you given up your sin? Or are you still caught going back time after time to the same old, same old? I talk to people who who say, Pastor, I just can't get past my lust, my sexual lust. I, I can't get past it. I can't get past my my lust for money. I can't get past being angry. 
I've been mistreated. People have treated me wrong. I'm not going to forgive, Pastor. This is something I can't forgive. All of that's true in the flesh. None of that's true in the spirit of the living God. I can tell you very plainly. You must think of yourself as being dead to sin and alive to Christ. So don't keep the self-talk going that you're so bad and you shouldn't be doing and no, take it to the prayer closet. Deal with it until it's finished and then let it be buried as a dead body is buried. Because if you don't, it'll just keep stinking in your life. Choose to call upon the name of Jesus Christ. See, here's the truth. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of grace from God is life eternal in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're still walking in sin, you're going to be paid the wages of death. The wrath of God is against you. And the only way that wrath of God, the anger of God against you, the only way it can be changed is through repentance for your sin. Jesus paid it all on Calvary's tree. The provision is there for you. But you must go and confess your sin. And you must renounce it in the name of Jesus. And you must ask to be totally restored with the old man of sin completely destroyed in your heart and in your life. Because sin is not going to rule over you because you are not under the law. You're under the grace of Jesus Christ. And according to Titus, the grace of Jesus Christ teaches you how to say no to ungodliness. So where are you today in this this walk? Are you still playing with your sin? Have you had that old man destroyed in you? It will not be destroyed until you have gotten on your face before Almighty God and confessed. And you choose to hate that which is of darkness and renounce it. And then begin to praise and worship Jesus. And the miracle of The new birth will happen in your life. God is no respecter of persons. If you will honestly get on your face before God, and it may take an hour, it may take a day, it may take a week. You may have to take every night and just totally isolate and pray and cry out to God until the work is done. But he will do the work. I don't know about you, but this is such good news for my heart. I love Jesus. 
and I want you to walk clean in the spirit of the living God. I don't want you to die. I want you to be set free. I want the wicked nature that is so evil and given to murderous thoughts and destruction, and I want it gone from us. Well, we're out of time. This is the last day of the month. I want to thank those of you who have given today. I do need your help to remain on this radio broadcast. The price will go up next month. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me at National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Now also you can go to our webpage and give online. NationalPrayerChapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com You're also welcome as we come into this very, very tough month. We're going to see great destruction in the month of December as we enter into the new year. The new year is going to be a a hard year for many of you. Come and worship with us. Lord Jesus, I ask you to put your arms around every person listening, that you would hear their cry and break the addiction of their heart. Or if they are free, then encourage them in the way of righteousness and put your arms of love around them. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I love you, my brother and sister. Jesus, 